Thank you for listening to RLC WVPHFM in Piscataway 90.3 The Core. My name is Sarah Morrison and I'm here with Core the Matter, our weekly public affairs show that airs every Tuesday at 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. here on 90.3 The Core. You can catch us on Facebook, facebook.com slash core the matter. Our Twitter handle is at core the matter and you can subscribe to our weekly podcast at thecore.fm. Interesting topic this week. The past few years have been no stranger to financial hardship. It seems that nobody is left unaffected by the e- the current economic downturn, whether it be in jobs, finding a job, bills, or just simply cutting back on everyday luxuries. And Rutgers University is no different. Faced with a state budget that has not changed its size in 15 years, the university has no choice but to turn to students for help with the bills, to hire teachers, build new facilities, and keep the nuts and bolts going on an operation that costs hundreds of millions of dollars to run, if not more. However, last week saw a turn of cheek almost, one of a slight financial relief and the deadening of a trend that has continued at Rutgers for the past 20 years. In an unexpected change of heart, the University Board of Governors that decides the tuition rates chose to scrap their original plan of raising tuition 3%, still one of the lowest rates in 20 years, to an outstanding 1.8%, the lowest tuition hike that Rutgers has seen in the past two decades. But how does this affect the students and operations at the university? Without the expected 3% that they received, the university has some issues as well. But the students seem to be hopeful that tuition is heading in the right direction, downwards. We spoke with Nancy Winterbauer, who is the VP, uh, the Vice President for University Budgeting, and Matt Cordero, who is the President of Rutgers University Student Assembly, about what exactly these uh, hikes in tuition do for the university, what they pay for, who pays them, why we pay them. And why they're necessary. And then we speak with Matt a little bit about the student movement that was very famous, that captivated last semester, made the New York Times. It was big, big news, big headlines. This giant movement that students ran and led in order to see tuition not raise any higher than it should. Um, my former public affairs director, Yashwath Manjanath, did many stories on this last semester. So this is also a follow-up of their efforts at the state, statewide and university level. And we're going to start our interview with um, uh, Dr. Winterbauer, only here on RLC, WVPHFM in Piscataway, 90.3, The Core. Can you start with your name and your position with the university, please? Yes, I'm Nancy Winterbauer, and I'm Vice President for University Budgeting at the university. Okay, and what does that entail? Um, I I actually am responsible for preparing um, and administering and allocating the university's budget. Okay, so tuition obviously is a factor in that. Yes. Okay, so new when a tuition comes in, can you give me... An idea. Give the. uh, Can you give the view? Excuse me, viewers. Can you give the listeners an idea of where their tuition money goes to? What programs and uh, other things of that nature? Yes, sure. That's a good question. Um, You know, the budget is a big budget. Everybody talks about it as a a, a over two billion dollar budget, but actually, the budget comes in what I would like to describe as three pieces. Sarah, there's the budget that really is uh, designed to cover. What the academic program, the instructional classes, and all those things that students come here to study. Then there's a budget that really is related to our grants and contracts, where um, funding agencies give our faculty contracts, and it's restricted. That money really comes in for a certain purpose, and we have to use it for that purpose. And last, there's the budget that's related to 
um, what we call auxiliary services, student housing, dining, rec centers, student centers, and that's a separate budget, and again, that one is, is, is handled somewhat separately. The one you asked about, the one that tuition affects, is really the one that students see on a regular basis as they pursue their academic program. Tuition really is designed to cover largely uh, all of the classes that you have, uh, all of the support services that support those classes, for example, the registrar, the financial aid office, the admissions office, um, and all of those kinds of services um, in conjunction with money that we receive from the state, which similarly supports those activities. We are a public institution, and it's important that tuition does not pay for the whole cost of your education. Tuition and the money the university receives from the state largely go to support the academic programs that students benefit from. Okay, and what is the relationship between the state funds and the tuition funds? Uh, you expressed that those are very intertwined when it comes to classroom services and other academic services. Yes. The, uh, when I look at what I call the <clears throat> core budget, that's really what I think of as the academic budget, that really comes largely from two sources of funds, student tuition and the state, the money that the state gives us. Um, and that's an important um, uh, notion because to give you a sense, back in the early 1970s, when I looked at those $2 figures, how much the university got from tuition and how much we got from the state, the ratios were something like this. Students were paying for about 30% of the cost of their education, and the state was contributing 70%. Um, now those that's just reversed. Now the state is providing 30% of the funds that we need to provide an education and students through their tuition are providing 70%. So the the cut is mostly coming from a state level or um, and that's adversely having an effect on how much tuition has cost over the past two decades? Yes, absolutely. Um, if you look at our state funding, our state funding for the current year is about level with what we received last year, but it's still the same absolute dollars that we received in the mid-1990s, unadjusted for inflation, when we had about 10,000 students fewer than we now have. And so those state dollars simply have not grown as the university has grown, as costs have grown over a large number of years. Um, and so that the tuition increases that students have seen over the years are, are, are the result of two things. Costs keep going up and state support has not risen um, commensurately with those increases, and so that tuition has had to rise more than we would like to have seen it rise. And when tuition rises, if you don't raise it by a certain amount or get a certain amount of money in from either higher enrollment or anything from that sort, what, what services are the first to get cut? Um, I don't think there's anything that's the first to get cut. Um, but you, but you put your finger on it exactly. Um, if we don't have money from the state and we don't have money from tuition, then we're looking at cutting budgets, which means really not being able to either grow programs and services that student needs or having to cut back on those programs and services. In the last several years when we've seen a significant drop in our state support, I don't think there's any program or service that really has been immune to cuts um, as a result of those cutbacks in our state funding. Uh, with one exception, the money that we provide for student financial aid, we have held 
harmless in this last five or six years because we know that it's been so important to students um, in terms of maintaining access to the university. And with the downturn of the economy, there are more and more students requesting this financial aid from this same pool. So, Absolutely. So has that meant that there's been... Um, there's been a problem with trying to serve as more students than you would like to with the financial aid because of the economic situation? Yes. Uh, the, the economy um, has had two unfortunate results in terms of our students. One, more of them are seeking financial aid because their personal circumstances have changed. Their parents may have lost a job. They may not be able to get the same job back again. And so we're seeing um, a, a very significant increase in demand for financial aid. That's been coupled, unfortunately, with <clears throat> the state's major financial aid program, tuition aid grants, what we call TAG, um, not growing. Um, in fact, in the current budget from the state, the TAG awards remain at last year's level, despite the fact that the demand for those awards is growing. Um, the university has tried to help by providing a safety net. Uh, we created a number of years ago what we call Rutgers Assistance Grants, and every year for about the last six years, as we have, again, had to raise tuition, we've allocated funds to the financial aid office so that they can have emergency dollars to help students um, who may not be able to uh, continue their education because of uh, the economy that you mentioned and the lack of increases in the state financial aid programs. So that puts a higher burden on the university, especially if you're uh, keeping financial aid for students who are unable to afford it as a priority. Absolutely. But it's an important priority for us because we are a public institution and students from all backgrounds should be able to come to Rutgers. That's very important um, it's a very important part of our mission to be able to provide a very high-quality education to students, regardless of their economic background. And Rutgers has one of the highest in-state tuitions for a public university in the country, and I like to think that that has to do with, in addition to the economy, the high cost of living in New Jersey and with the state uh, coupled, and I think there's a lot of factors that come into raising a tuition. And with that said... With the 3% increase that was proposed, that would be an average of a couple hundred dollars a student, was lowered last week to 1.8%, and that increase was passed. Is that, does that 1.2% make a huge dent in what the university needs in terms of spending and being able to sustain the university? Um, well, you, you asked really two questions. I'll go to the second one first, and that's the question of when we reduce the... Tuition to 1.8 percent. Um, did it mean that we have less money? And what does that mean? And the answer is yes. Obviously, we have less money, and money that certainly um, we could use. Because I mean, you're a student here. I'm sure there are lots of things that you see um, that could benefit from an investment. Um, classes that aren't um, um, that that really need deferred maintenance. Uh, labs that need equipment. Library books and, and periodicals and so forth that, that, in fact, we've not been able to buy as, as budgets have been tight. And the list goes on and on and on. And so certainly that money would have been put to very good use. I think um, what the board um, decided was that given the very extraordinary circumstances of this long um, economic downturn, that we would just have to defer some of those improvements um, 
and and in the balance between how do you provide access and how do you provide excellence for programs and services, um, have that weight toward the access question this year because of the of the really um, you know this is a very unusual economy. It's been bad. It hasn't gotten better. Um, students are really you know struggling. I think in a way we haven't seen in quite a long time. And I think that board action was a reflection of their concern about that. You mentioned deferred improvements. Um, I'm assuming this is to facilities and to student centers and, as you said, purchasing new books for libraries and things of that sort? Yes, absolutely. Hiring new faculty, hiring additional staff in the financial aid office, all of those things that when I talk to students, you know, and they say, here are the things that make it hard for me on a day-to-day basis um, because, in fact, you know, there may not be enough staff, there may not be enough counselors, there may not be enough teachers. All of those things um, require money. And so, uh, again, um, the amount of money that we deferred was um, about $11 million, or lost was about $11 million when that tuition increase was changed. Um, and that $11 million would have helped fund some of those improvements. Now, again, it's always a balancing act, um, and I certainly am sympathetic to the board's um, action in that, um, as you, you said earlier, we're seeing an unprecedented demand on the part of students for financial aid. So the question is, is how do you provide access and how do you also provide excellence? And it's always a balancing act, and this year they chose to tip that scale toward access. And that's definitely something that, is seen as a positive in students' eyes because there has been a very strong student voice over the past few months regarding the cost of tuition and their concern of the lack of access due to financial constraints. Right. Um, so was the, was the student voice taken into account with, uh, with the scale back from 3% to 1.8? And if so, to what degree was that, what was that relationship besides for the relatively negative reports that have been out? I, I think um, I think you've put it exactly right. I think students made the case, and the board listened. Um, again, the balancing act is the one that you mentioned earlier. While I think that many students will benefit from that reduction um, in tuition, um, the cost of that balancing is that, in fact, some of the things that we would have liked to have done with that tuition money will will go undone. Uh, again, you know, we'll still provide a a a high-quality education, but as I mentioned to you before, I'm sure any student you stop on the street could give you a list of things they would like to see improved, Um, and many of those things will have to be deferred, put on the back burner until another year um, as we uh, made sure that students could afford to come here. Will any of these improvements have an adverse reaction, uh, not an adverse reaction, would any of these improvements have an adverse effect on the advancement of the university in the way of certain goals or other improvement projects. One that I can recall in particular is the greening of College Avenue that when I came in, I'm a senior, I came in uh-huh. 2008, and it hasn't progressed much. Is it, are projects like that affected? Sure. Um, that's a very good example. That was something that the president cared very much about that, in fact, was on track right as probably one of the really big budget cuts Hit. And so that, that project was deferred, and it remains deferred, and it will probably remain deferred until the economy gets better. Um, and so there are projects like that, and that one um, is an important project in terms of, of how the place 
uh, you know, how the university looks and, and its appeal to students. Um, and so that will continue to be deferred. But there are others that I think are, um, students will see that are, are less, I don't want to use the word cosmet, cosmetic in a pejorative way. I think it is important that the campus look attractive and appealing to students, particularly prospective students who may have lots of other choices. Um, but as I said before, some of the other things that that money might have gone to are more bread and butter things that students really, um, uh, I, I, you know, regularly say they would like to see more classes, more faculty in front of those classes, smaller classes, you know, better lab equipment. All of those things, um, as I indicated before, require investments, um, and those investments will have to be scaled back. Um, now, again, I don't think that in a budget the size of ours that. Um, it will have a profound impact on the quality of your education, um, but I do think that it's always a balancing act. Um, if you, you know, spend a dollar here, uh, you can't spend it there. If you don't raise a dollar here, you can't spend it there. But these are all difficult choices, and I think what you saw is that the board takes these choices very, very seriously, and that's really, I think, the biggest takeaway from this board meeting is that the board really does... Um, take its responsibilities very, very seriously in terms of the mission of the university to both be excellent and to be accessible. And I think that's something that's always been on a student concern as well, that the average student who doesn't really understand what's going on, that their parents pay the bill and that's it, probably will just look at a project like the Greening of College Avenue or restoration of a student center and just sort of think it's delay or bureaucracy or some of their right. obstacle, but a lot of times maybe the connection isn't there between tuition and getting things done, and a lot of times that connection isn't made. You've, you've hit it right, the nail right on the head, Sarah. That's exactly the issue. Um, students want lots of things, and they have a right to expect those things, um, but we're always trading. You know, we're, we're, the, the list of things that need to be done always exceeds the dollars. It's like your own checkbook. I'm sure that you struggle on a regular basis to say, you know, of the many things I'd like to do, how much can I afford to do on a regular basis? And the university does the same thing, but there's just more zeros after the dollars. Um, and so the question of uh, how do you make the right choices, how do you make sure that as we defer things we're not having a long-term negative impact on the institution are very, very important. And, um, uh, again, we'll, we'll balance the budget this year. Uh, we will defer some things. Um, hopefully um, the economy will turn around, the state will invest a little bit more generously, um, and students won't have the very, very difficult time so many of them ha are having um, meeting their charges so that um, this will be a short-term issue and not a long-term trend. And if this is the right, pass, uh, the right example that the university is setting, it looks like you've almost stalled the trend of tuition going up if this continues? Um, well, again, every year is different, and every year you have to look at what the state's providing, how the economy is going, um, what students' personal circumstances are, and what are the things that we really think need to be accomplished. And so every year is a new year, and I think that it's important for students to understand that these decisions are not made easily, lightly, or without careful consideration of all of those factors on a regular basis. 
Thank you, Dr. Winterbauer, for taking the time to speak with us today. When we return, we will be speaking with Rutgers University Student Assembly President Matt Cordero. More about the issues on the student level, how students feel, uh, what the movement's been like on a really personal level. Matt's been very involved for a very long time in organizing students to uh, move up and move forward and fight for this. And we're going to hear his insight. Welcome back to Core of the Matter, the weekly public affairs show here on RLC, WVPH-FM in Piscataway, 90.3 The Core. I'm your host, Sarah Morrison, bringing you a fascinating and applicable and relevant topic every week about what's going on in the university community or in your community here in Middlesex County. Uh, we're t- covering today the tuition hikes at Rutgers University, which um, have been at the lowest rate in decades. Uh, originally slot at 3.6% raise, uh, Board of Governors Chair Ralph Izzo decided at the very last minute at last week's decision-making meeting to cut that raise in half to 1.8%, which is about $11 million, according to New Jersey Star-Ledger. And uh, tuition rates will be approximately a little over $10,000 per, uh, per student. That's without room and board and fees, but uh, regular tuition without help of any sort is a, lo- a little over $10,000. Well, uh, Rutgers University Student Assembly President Matt Cordero feels very, very positive about what's going on, about the different changes happening here at the university with the tuition. Although it doesn't seem like much, 3.6 to 1.8 is still a small number. It's still, as he'll point out later in the interview, it's about a $200 savings that can mean a lot in the long run, especially if you're taking out student loans or um, especially if you are stuck paying out of pocket, $200 can go a long way. That goes to other fees. That can go to books. That can go to something else that contributes to school. So he's very positive about uh, the movement on a student level as well. He is one of the uh, he's been one of the forefront runners of organizing students to uh, protest tuition hikes, and he has been doing this for quite some time now, and will continue it into the fall. Um, without further ado, here's Matt Cordero here on Core of the Matter, the weekly public affairs show here on RLC, WVPHFM in Piscataway, 90.3, The Core. Last week, we heard about the tuition increase meeting, first of all, with the Board of Governors, which was a really hot topic on campus for the past semester, and you had a very large hand in communicating with the university and helping students organize and get together to raise their displeasure about the cost of tuition and the cost of education rising, and you had a big hand in this, and this all kind of came to a head last week when the Board of Governors decided for the first time in at least 20 years to not raise the tuition by the purported amount that they had decided, which is 3% this time around, and they decided instead to put in a 1.8% increase instead, which is a couple hundred dollars savings per student, but it's still it's still savings. First, after all of that effort you went through in helping to get students together and, how, and all the effort you put into getting the student voice heard and being the, the person communicating between the university and students, how does it feel to know that your voice was heard? Um, it feels great. I really think this is a huge victory for students. And I think Chairman Izzo said it the best when he was like, you know, by cutting the um, tuition rate in or the proposed tuition rate in, in half, we really are sending a message to the working families um, of, 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 of our students, you know, Times are tough. The 
the economy hasn't got, got gotten better. And no school, like, we need to recognize this this fact and do our part to, you know, you know, make sure that Rutgers stays affordable for, you know, the working families of the students who attend. So I, I think it's great. Um, and I, I really got to applaud, applaud Chair, Chairman Izzo for making that move. Were you at that Board of Governors meeting? What was the, what was the mood like? Was it, was it tense? So, yeah, was it? I, I, I went and, um, I, I, I even spoke and it pretty much like they, they had announced it. It was the one that they actually originally announced was the lowest in 10 years. I mean, like everyone kind of like knew that it was going to, doesn't go up. Glad it didn't go up by like seven or eight or nine, nine, nine percent. But still not, you know, terribly happy. Um, but what was interesting though is that everyone just thought like, okay, three point six. That's going to be that's going to be the number. Um, and then right when they started talking about it, after everyone who was on the speakers list spoke, Izzo kind of came out of nowhere and surprised everyone when he had mentioned, yeah, I think we can cut this tuition rate in in half. Um, I, I remember being there and hearing that and almost being in disbelief that that was actually the case. Um, were, you, were you pessimistic that nothing was going to get done despite all of the ruckus that was raised last semester? That's definitely a thought that I think not only went through my mind, that went through a, a whole bunch of people, people's minds. Um, and we also like recognized the fact that they kind of Factors that control tuition are, you know, it's very powerful. Like some of those, like some of the things that contribute to uh, tuition going up, are like global economic phenomena, like the broader economy. You know, it's very, very, it's a very power, powerful forces. Um, so it was really surprising. I was really, really uh, delighted to to hear that he he was doing that. But I would say no one really expected it to come, and, and when it did. And people were 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 kind of taken aback. The breakdown in tuition used to be that the state covered about seventy percent of university funding that has to do with the tuition. Meaning, there she broke down the budget into three parts, and the third part had to dealt with things that are directly affected by tuition. But that figure flipped from about thirty percent in the state level to seventy percent in the tuition level. So the pressing need to address the seventy percent of tuition that comes from the pockets of students came from it came from this figure but why was the fight to keep tuition either at a cap or to lower to make sure it just doesn't go up a crazy amount why was that fight at a university level as opposed to a state level where the funding hasn't budged for several years it's been the same level since about the mid 90s well i totally i definitely acknowledge the fact that it is the role of the state to make sure places like Rutgers are affordable and New Jersey is last in funding for higher ed. I think part of it was, well, I guess, for first of all, like, I had went down to Trenton on numerous occasions, as I know, President McCormick and, and a few other students. Our voices were, like, very heard, and I spoke at the legislative committee um, uh, or the legislative hearing for more more funding. I've been down there and, and have talked to a few different legislators um, with working with um New Jersey United Students. We had a very, you know, trenchant focused um, kind of lobbying effort going. The state, you know, with the help of Rutgers and the other schools, that was like thirty something legislators. People were definitely that definitely trying, uh, and as we definitely acknowledge that that, that fact. Oh, makes me really glad about this. Like, 
know, we can go back to to the state and say, hey, you know, Rutgers is is trying to, you know, make a do do its part. Like, isn't spending recklessly in this tuition? I think increase really, really demonstrates that. Um, so, I think now when we go back and talk to our legislators in 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 trend, we can definitely know push push push, push the, the, the 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 issue more. But I mean, trend is isn't something that that can be left out out of the picture. Like it's not the Rutgers needs funding from from the state, and the state just hasn't been doing it. They haven't been fulfilling their role at all. Yeah, the um, the bottom line seems to be here that everyone's broke, and <laughs> it's 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 tough. It's not easy, especially with New Jersey and the state it's in, and the university in the state it's in. You you come between a hard hard a rock and a hard place in terms of what's going to go up in order to keep the level of services the way it is, and it's not easy for anybody. But you touched on something that relates to that while you were talking just now, you said that the university is spending recklessly. And what, what aspect is a particular concern to you? Oh, I think, I think what I may have meant to say is that this, this uh, tuition, like, being that it's, like, so low, I think it demonstrates that they're not really spending things, how, like, they're not spending too, too recklessly. I think, I think things are happening in, in, in a more difficult fiscal position, like, has been, like, moves like the stadium, that's like a hundred thousand, uh, I mean, rather a hundred million dollars. But also, it 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 came out in um, USA Today that um, the university is subsidizing the athletic department to the tune of like twenty seven million. Um, so, I think that, that that they're like, I think overall the university does a pretty good job um, at suspending. There are definitely things that I don't um, agree with, like. Like there's such a large subsidy um, of going to athletics and the hundred like million 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 dollar stadium, you know, I, I think those decisions really need to be looked at. Um, and are they are they wise? Like you know, if the whole athletics department is is running at at such a loss, like maybe we need to re-examine things that we thought were going to make us lots of money, like like football. Um, and like, really see like, does Coach Shannon need to be making two million dollars a year? Is there anything that 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 we can do about that? Um, I think that they may have to start looking at things of those nature. That's a huge concern, actually, to me as well. When I when I heard about that, I was very, very surprised to not surprised, but I was very disappointed to hear that that's what a lot of money was going to. But are those funds tuition funds or are those private donors? How does that work? At least here's. Here's my understanding. So the whole athletics department, it gets some money from the university, and the money that it kind of comes from comes from things like tuition um, and and revenue sources like that. Um, then football itself has its like own revenue generators, like whenever it sells tickets um, to events, and the only real revenue generating sport is football. Um, and then uh, the two basketball teams do do a little bit, um, so they get they get some stuff for revenue, um, and and I believe the donations and stuff don't really I I don't think they they, they, they factor too much into the into like the like year yearly budget. What I do think that the donations kind of allow the athletic department to do like if they need to buy a new set of gym equipment or if they need something like something specific. 
or like the new uh, box that they that they're built in, or the training thing they built in 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 the stadium. Kind of like so the nations go to very specific things. Um, I don't really think they affect the budget of the athletic department. All that that much. I think most of it comes from the overall university budget, which is like so, like supported by things like tuition. When you go back to last week's meeting and the decision to lower the tuition from 3% to 1.8% increase, how much does that save an average student to knock it down from 3% to one8 And as a follow-up question, is it really that significant of a savings to call this I, a victory? Um, I think it, it goes, I, I believe the, the number is like around two, $200. Um, like, um, so that they're paying, I guess, like, they're, they're paying $200 more than they were last year, but $200 less than, than they would have been, been, been paying had it been the full um, 3.6 per increase. Um, what, and I, I do think that, that that is like a significant amount of money because, you know, $200, that's so much like a, books may, 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 may cost for, for someone. So, you know, in, instead of, you know, having to pay the extra $200, Plus, by two hundred dollars worth of, of books, you know, I think people save 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 there. Um, also, if people like, if they would cover that part of their paying their tuition with like a student loan, um, you know, that just that two hundred dollars can easily go up to like three or or four hundred dollars by by the time they finish paying back all 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 their student loans. Um, so I do really think it is uh, significant. And I do think that it, although it, it, it may not seem like the biggest amount of money in kind of like the uh, kind of grand, grand scheme of things, I think there are a lot of people who are really gonna, going to benefit uh, from, you know, switching it from uh, 3.6 to 1.8. And another aspect that has been of tremendous concern is financial aid from the university to students who are strapped for cash when it comes to affording for education. So when I spoke with Nancy before, she mentioned that when the university was making cutbacks, that the one area that they would not touch was financial aid. And that's the only, that's basically the only area where there hasn't been a cut of some sort. And we also had a discussion about the about the lack of scholarships that things like NJ Stars are losing funding or completely shutting. Is there a gap that's not being met between what the university has available for financial aid and the loss of scholarships and things of that nature? And is there a problem with the university not being able to keep up with the demand, which is obviously increased because of the whole economic environment? I pretty much view the, the kind of... Um Philosophy, the philosophy of the state of New Jersey when it comes to higher ed is they have a model called high tuition, high high aid. Um, so I really do think that there is a is 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 a gap. I totally applaud the university for not making any like cuts to Rutgers aid. I really think that also sends a really good message to the rest of the kind of the university population. Even in Governor uh, Kane or former Governor Kane's own court. That Chris Christie himself kind of authorized, he had said or recommended that the state um, increase the money for like tuition aid grants um, and you know ways to help students pay for for school. I was disappointed too here when Chris Christie had like line item vetoed um, uh, a a increase of of aid and then also cut back 
like programs, uh, or I think he's basically cutting programs like um, hits the students the most. I remember last year when there was a reduction in tag grants, like a few of my friends all of a sudden, you know, they had like one or two or three thousand dollars that they thought they had before. Um, it kind of feels like they're just like literally taking this 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 money away, like right out of your hand. Um, so I definitely think that there is a a gap. Um, between like the aid that's available um, and the aid that's like not student loans and the really and the cost of tuition, I think the gap is a little little too high. When the when the average, I think, for student comes with like twenty four thousand dollars in debt. Average student twenty four thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, which is which is about the national average. That's still pretty steep, especially if you're coming out of college and you might not get a job right away. All those all those all that interest does is compound and compound and just make your your price even higher so exactly so what is twenty four hundred dollars i mean twenty four thousand dollars in loans uh may end up being you know thirty thousand dollars once you actually pay it pay pay it back and this is what people who were involved in the movement to help lower tuition you know the the group of people who went to mccormick's office and didn't leave for several days 36 hours who didn't you know the people who rallied the people who went to university meetings and spoke about this they were literally worrying about the food they have to put on the table when they graduate no exactly and i think that's like a real real concern to people like how am i going to be able to like you know either go out and like find a job or like really be able to go and do stuff when i may have to pay you know forty thousand dollars back so like immediately, I have to go take a job, and even if it's like a really cruddy job that doesn't even pay that well, you know, I might not even have the kind of option to go around and really try and look for a job that maybe even even better better paying. People are worried. Like when I get out of school, you know, what am I going to do? What what if I can't find find a job? What if I have like a little brother or like a little sister? And like you know, like I think oftentimes you, you'll see like well, if you have a family and they have two kids. Well, the family may have been able, able to help the older child out, but by the time the younger child goes to college and whatnot, you know, there's not not the, not that much money left. So, like, all of a sudden, you're you're like someone in your family is taking out a lot of loans to go to school. And I I really think like I think the number you know there's more credit uh, there's more student loan debt than there is credit card debt um, in the in the in the whole country, um, and focused on such a small group of people. Um, I think that's really bad. It's not all of a sudden birth order matters, right? It's it's crazy. And it's you see that with you know, I'm an only child and you see the burden that's on my parents for one child, you know? So it's definitely it definitely comes into perspective when the money starts flying out of your wallet. Another thing that concerned me a lot in this whole debate was that a lot of times you see angry students angry professors, angry employees. And as a result, the university is portrayed as this large, money-sucking, evil machine thing. But they have to run a business, too. They have to charge something in order to get something back. You know, it's a give and take that isn't exactly the most ideal if you are in a bad financial situation, but they have to keep running uh, with the cost of inflation, with the lack of money coming in. So how do you satisfy everyone when there's such high tensions on both sides and there's such a high risk? You know, people get very sensitive about monetary issues. Was this cut from 3% to 1.8% a way to try to satisfy people and to help as much as they could without sacrificing the own advancement of the university? I've spoken with the university plenty of times. You know, I, I've spoken with Nancy Wittenbauer, with Dr. Blumling, and even sometimes with uh, President 
McCormick him, himself. And I, and I definitely understand, like, they walk a very fine line. Um, you know, trying to increase services and, you know, making the academics of, of, of the school better. Um, it's tough for students when they, when they raise the uh, tuition. And, and, and it's an, an incredible balancing act. Um, I don't. I personally don't like to like demonize administration for the for, for the most part. There's definitely some things that I don't um, agree with, but I do understand like it is a pretty different difficult job. Um, but you know, I I also think like um, perhaps like if, if you know they worked more w- with students and like had more more conversations about like you know what do students really want? Do they need this like all this really nice stuff and like I think part of it is that I think students feel they have so little ways to impact the whole budgeting process which can sometimes mean they have like you know a few extra hundred dollars to pay um, they get very like frustrated um, so hopefully this year with student government um, we can totally like work 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 more with the university ad ad administration to find like cost-saving measures to kind of like you know keep uh, keep you know find ways where students can be be a, be a part of the process to keep to keep tuition low. Um, but I understand that like, it's a very difficult thing, and they have a very difficult job um, a a ahead of them. And then lastly, like like the state has to do like a, a much uh, much better job at like. Funding higher ed and making sure that the aid is 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 available because if they don't if they don't do anything if 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 they don't like do their part then there really isn't anything that a place like Rutgers can do. And that's another factor that we brought up earlier in the program was that tuition is dependent solely on a year to year basis on when the fiscal budget at the state level is decided. That's when Rutgers budget gets decided, but you can hope and pray that next year will improve. Every single factor involved in creating this tuition budget will, will improve. But the fact of the matter is you have what's in front of you right now and you have to deal with it and, all, and work towards something better. But for now, this is what you have and this is what you have to deal with because everyone is tightening their belt everywhere. Oh, yeah. yeah, and and I think it, it, it's also just like really important to like these upper opportunities. I know that this November, this, this every single state legislator is up for um, up for election. Um, so I think a part of NGS platform this year is going to be to have a statewide voter reg uh, or statewide voter registration drive. So hopefully, like students can go out and then exercise their political voice, um, so so that you know the state legislator knows that like students are. are a active voting constituency um, that you know wants to—they're exercising their political like will on on the state to you know really help and invest in higher ed. Absolutely, and as was demonstrated last semester, the way to get that voice across are from the people who are affected most by that, and that has been Rocker students time and time again. So this voting registration drive only would fall right into that to kind of tell apathetic students that. You shouldn't be so apathetic because what you're paying is falling right in your lap. Cool. No, I totally agree with that. Um, like they, they like 
I really believe that, that that students want to be a part of the kind of process and really want to help, you know, make not only the, the university, but also make the state a better place. Um, I think, like, again, like, it's like alienation that a lot of people face. Like, they don't see ways or, like, opportunities for them to kind of be a part of, of, of the process. So hopefully this no, November with people um, from, from, from across the state. that I would have to say is that if they decide to arrest the students for protesting for higher education in an institution where it's for higher education, it's pretty disappointing. After I found out that I was no longer going to have the scholarships, I tried to take out loans. And with my personal history, uh, my parents could not co-sign on loans. So I was forced to pay for my own school. And since I'm an out-of-state student, it's like $34,000 a year. So I had to take a year off of school to work. While out of school, I had to start paying back loans. So it's kind of like a whole catch-22. So I'm now paying for my own school, hoping to get back into records. You heard a, several angry students from April. Uh, back in April, there was a large protest at Old Queens, which is Rutgers University's, where a lot of the administration is headquartered. That's the original campus of Rutgers. Uh, there was a um, large ruckus when nine students locked them and not locked themselves. So they refused to leave President uh, Richard McCormick's office while he was away in California at the time. They demanded an audience and didn't receive it. So they waited until they had someone meet with them. It was a basically a national spectacle back in April. Um, New York Times came out, TV crews were out, media were everywhere on campus, and it 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 worked. It caused a lot of attention, and it raised a lot of ruckus, it raised a lot of hell, and it worked. Frustrations are running high on both sides. On one side, you have students who are going broke as it is, trying to balance classes and jobs to even make up for money to work their way through. Families that are suffering job loss, they are having trouble speaking, uh, um, helping out with their kids. There are state, federal scholarships, university, not even, not university, but state and federal scholarships that are getting cut. And it's getting frustrating to pay for school because at this point in this day and age, in 2011, it's it's commonplace and expected for students to be attending a university or even even if it's a two-year college, some form of college. So and coming out with a college degree as opposed to a high school one. Times are absolutely changing, and that seems to be a prerequisite to getting a job now. But on the other side, you have a university that has to handle 50,000 students. It has to handle has to handle thousands and thousands of people. It has to handle complaints from all sides. And it has to, on top of that, it has to run what's essentially seen as a business. They have to run Rutgers University with many, many different people involved with the president of the university, vice presidents of the university, board of governors, a board of trustees, many, many people, their hands in the pot. And on top of that, they have to deal with 
um, working with New Jer- the state of New Jersey, which is in its own fiscal hellhole, and they're having so much trouble re- reconciling the two that the two of them just clashed in April. There were um, there was a movement called Walk into Action that happened in the se- during the semester as well, where students got up at I believe it was one thirty in the afternoon. They got up and walked out of classrooms and marched up to President McCormick's office on Old Queens campus. And from there, the momentum caught on that um, they well, were students who would walk in. To the university and will forever be known as the Rockers Nine, the nine people who sat and and would not leave until they had an audience sat for them. Although there are frustrations running very high, it seems it's very hard to not justify a raise in tuition, especially in this day and age. And as was made famous, the trickle-down effect has never been more true in this case. You have the federal government doing awfully, the, uh, the, uh, the economy on a national scale doing really terribly. That trickles down to the state, and the state, which funds 30% of the university and has done so for such a long time, they're stuck funding the same 30% without having the ability to increase. It's not that they won't, it's that they can't. And without re- uh, raising taxes on everyone else, which is not a solution that... Um, that the that uh, New Jersey state government is okay with right now, and that's affecting the university and the university university's finances affect us as students. That's the way economics works. The price goes up if you want your quality to stay. If a professor's going to find a higher salary or better benefits at a different college, he's he can leave. If uh, a state worker finds a better a better secure a more secure job at a different uh, different college, higher salary, better benefits. They're going to leave. And it's not just a university responsibility. It is a state responsibility as well, as Matt mentioned, that there's only so much they can do, though, at this point. They're trying to, as I've I've said in the show before, when it comes to uh, state economic issues, they have so much on their plate that they have to deal with. They have to uh, balance their budget without trying to make more people more broke. And that's... Once again, it's the trickle-down effect. It's never been more true. I can't emphasize that enough. It's never had a stronger effect on anybody else. But as as I expressed earlier, if I'm not okay, if I'm not okay with things like um, finances going to, let's say, the football program or a certain area of study, if you think tuition is going to the wrong place... It's your responsibility and your right to say something about it. Just like these, just like these students did, just like Walk Into Action did, just like this movement did. They raised their voices and they were heard. 3.6% became 1.8. That got cut 50%. And that wouldn't have happened unless someone expressed disinterest in it. Any, any aspect you have a problem with? You you get people together. You get upset. You get angry. That's how campaigns work. That's how any movement gets work. Any, any civil rights movement, any suffrage movement, any movement for anything. We've been covering hydraulic fracturing for weeks here, and that's how that got started, too. People banded together, and now there's a bill sitting on uh, Governor Christie's desk. That's the way it works. It absolutely have faith in the people, because the people from the bottom up will do things that government won't be able to do for you, that the state won't be able to fund for you, because New Jersey will go broke if they try to raise it 30% more. Federal government sure as hell can't help you right now. They are, what are the trillions of dollars in debt they can't get into? It's all about the people's movement. It's your money coming out of your pocket, and you do have a say. And if you think you can express your say without damaging something you love your reputation of the university you are more than welcome to do it please do that's that's exactly what students are here these students have done and that's how they've become so successful 
And I can't thank um, Dr. Winterbauer enough. I can't thank Matt enough for coming on the program this week and speaking with me about this issue. It's incredibly important and affects all of our pockets. And their help has been nothing but gold for us. If you want more information on Core the Matter, you can check out um, the Core.fm. Our podcasts are available for download every week up there. You can check that out and subscribe to us. If you're on Facebook, you can go to facebook.com slash Core of the Matter. You can tweet me at Core of the Matter as well. I get tweets and it's really fun. <laughs> or you can also email me publicaffairsdirector at the Core.fm. I'm your host, Sarah Morrison. I'm here to bring you a brand new fascinating topic every week here on Core of the Matter. I have uh, something new coming up every week that has to do with your university, your community, your backyard, and I'm here to help you guys understand these issues better. So if you have a comment, you go on Facebook, you Facebook me, you tweet me, public affairs director at thecore.fm, you email me, and these things get taken care of. Nothing's better without universe, without without listener response. Thank you again to Dr. Winterbauer, the, um, uh, the vice president of budget operations here at the university and Matt Cordero, who is the president of Rutgers University Student Assembly and a very strong student leader in the um, freezing and lowering of tuition here. I'll be back next Tuesday at 7 p.m. with another topic that's going to go straight to your, uh, applies to your community, applies to you, and what can you do and what can you say. Next week, Tuesday, this is Core of the Matter. I'm your host, Sarah Morrison. Uh, coming up next is DJ Academics here on RLC, WVPH-FM in Piscataway. 90.3, The Core.